welcome to episode 31 of All's Fair in Love and Film, a film podcast where we review our DVD collection in alphabetical order. I'm Laura. And I'm Ryan. And this week, we're talking about Pixar's Brave, a 2012 film directed by Brenda Chapman. Uh, but before we get into our history with the film, uh, I'd say it's a pretty big week for us, wouldn't you, Ryan? Yeah. Uh, we've moved our um, podcasting setup from our living room, so we're no longer coming to you, you know, explicitly not live from our living room. Uh, instead, to come to you not live from our, um, technically our spare bedroom, spare yes. bedroom office, which we've now turned into a mobile podcasting unit. Yeah, and, <laughs> I mean, we, we, I mean, we also have like all my camera stuff and. Camera stuff, puzzles, 3D printer. 3D printer. It's just the utility room. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's good. But it's now a nice functional space. We've set up our like podcasting stuff in a way that we don't have to keep taking it down every time we're done using it. It just kind of stays on its own little like table. And um, yeah, it's way more comfy and practical having it up here. So we're uh, very much so. First time using it. So we're pretty excited about that. Yeah. Back to the subject at hand, though. Ryan, what is your history with the film Brave? To be honest, I don't actually remember watching it the first time um, I, I watched it. I, I'm pretty sure I watched it at a house party in, like sometime in 2013. Um, I remember everyone kind of taking the piss out of Merida's like, uh, kind of a- a- accent. But again, that, uh, like university students at a house party that are quite ignorant of like Scottish culture and stuff like that. And the Scottish accent, everyone just liked to take the piss of mainly. I saw this film when it first came out, so I would have been uh, about 18 in 2012, um, and I was, you know, one of those kind of older teenage massive Disney fans, was really looking forward to the next Pixar release, and um, I watched the trailer, and I, like, read up about it and everything like that, and when I went to see it, I was fucking flabbergasted, absolutely, like, bowled over, but I wouldn't say I was bowled over in a good way but it was still not like a bad way yeah it just this film is the most batshit if if you were like around as a person who like watched the trailers and everything like this this film did not did not explain what it was going to be about in its trailers at all these trailers were very successful in not giving anything away yeah i mean i mean to be honest this this film kind of like it's got a very clear narrative but it does meander slightly (laughs) But riddle me this, Ryan, before you saw this film, did you know this film was about bears to the extent that it is? No. It's wild. It is wild. This film came out and it was like, yeah, it's about a Scottish princess who wants to just be an archer and not get married. And also this is like, you know, during Hunger Games fever when everyone is like, archery is the best. And then it turns out that everything is bears. Everything. Every plot point is bears. And it's just fucking crazy. I love it. Like, anyway, let's get into it. So a brief summary, even the summaries on IMDb, incredibly don't get, don't, don't touch on the bears. They don't talk about the bears. But they're such an integral part. Exactly. But this is what I'm saying. Like the trailers didn't mention the bears. The reviews didn't mention the bears. The summaries do not mention the bears. But the whole film is about the bears. It's wild. So um, I've taken this summary from IMDb, as I often do. It says... Set in Scotland in a rugged and mythical time, this movie features Princess Merida, played by Kelly MacDonald, an aspiring archer and impetuous daughter of Queen Eleanor, played by Dame Emma Thompson, who is a national treasure. Uh, Merida makes a reckless choice that leads, unleashes unintended peril and forces her to spring into action to set things right. Was the word bear in that summary? 
No, it could have been. I mean, like the, no the... fucking bears. No, she accidentally turns her mum into a bear, or there is an evil bear that is stalking her family, or her dad has a grudge against bears, or her three triplet young siblings turn into bears. No mention of bears. There is a lot of bears in this film, guys. Yeah, it it, it is kind of it is really really weird that they that they just kind of like. Very very delicately brush that under the uh, under the right, uh, and the I rug. don't. I I mean, I would love to think it was. I like. I think it must have been like a deliberate move. That's like in advertising. Yeah, we're gonna make this into just like a regular run of the mill princess story. It's gonna be drenched in like Scottish culture and mythology. Let's absolutely blindside people with the bears. Let's not let on about the bears at all. Complete- there was a marketing conversation about this. I have no doubt. Completely out of left field. Just just. Just keep them guessing. Fuck it. Just yeah. S- just punch bears. them in the face with the bears when they sit down and watch this film. Yeah. It's fucking bizarre. But anyway, um, I just can't get away from the bears. I don't even know what to say right now because it's just bears. Bears, 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 bears. Um, to be honest, I, I honestly think that the the story of this is really, really good in in so many ways. Like I, I, I think if you compare it to other Pixar films in terms of like story quality, it does, it, it, it does lack a bit. Yeah. But I mean, like it, it's probably one of the weakest story, story wise, but compared to a lot of the other Disney, Disney films, like I, I know that, you know, like technically Disney owns uh, Pixar, but they're somewhat separate. I will say that this is a this is comparatively better than compared to a lot of the other uh, Disney, uh, uh, like di- more recent Disney films. Yeah, I would say it's it's a very good film. Like yeah. I went through a phase with this film when it first came out. I was like, yes, that's a good film, and was kind of, you know, not feeling over like not feeling negatively towards it, not feeling like oh my god that film was amazing, but definitely feeling kind of like ambivalently positive towards it, right? Yeah. But then I went through a phase of a few years after watching it kind of a couple of times. Because I think in my life, this is what the, one of the Pixar films I have watched beginning to end the least amount of times. Because Pixar films are incredible. This one I've watched maybe, I think I've watched this one maybe five times, if that, including for the podcast. But after like a few years of it having been out and then got it on DVD, I think this was a gift from my mum one Christmas. Watched it again and was like it wasn't like a big left turn to like oh my god I hate this film but I definitely started feeling like really negatively towards it because subsequent Pixar films that came out set such a high standard that this film does not yeah reach yeah um Coco's one of them Coco is insanely good yeah. though. Coco sets the highest standard it's our favorite Pixar film wait until we talk about it yes uh, watch this space but I don't know I, I did pivot to feeling rather than kind of ambivalently positive towards brave i start feeling like ambivalently negative towards brave because i was just like i think it was mostly because after a couple of watchings i really started to dislike the character of merida i can't think of another pixar movie where i dislike the protagonist i don't like merida and i wonder it does it did make me question on this rewatch when i was kind of really trying to interrogate why I don't like this character. I did wonder if it was like an intentional um, point on the part of the kind of people who developed and wrote this film to make her a slightly less sympathetic protagonist. It, it, it could have been. To me, it just seemed like they were just trying to make her more identifiable with y- younger women, effectively. And, and 
in you know like teenage teenage girls like so that they have some I- identity i mean like i think that the main driver uh, driving point to this film is obviously the relationship between um merida and her mother and i think that was trying to you know like th- yeah. th- like that, that that the hot that was the highlight of the whole film but i think they're trying to get that have that relationship be completely understandable to the like like younger viewer viewer and i mean yeah i'm not the target demo for this film definitely like i'm uh, a woman in my late 20s but i did grow up with like disney and pixar films and and unashamedly like a, a fan of them kind of in my adult years but i just it did make me feel quite old being like i cannot relate to merida because i again i think they made her very like I mean, yeah, she's a child, so they made her very childish, but they made her very rebellious. But they also, like, they took her rebellion to a degree where it wasn't even, like, reasonable anymore. But I will say what a lot of other Disney films do that this film did not do was actually, like, I didn't agree with her parent either. Like, her parent, Eleanor, was not reasonable either. So I wasn't like, yeah, I'm taking the mum's side. The mum is completely right in this. I, I just feel like neither character was right. <laughs> And like yeah. they didn't even come to a resolution where either of them were right. Well, they they they, they did in the in in the end, but it just just kind of like I guess it's they did in the end, but it wasn't the route that you would kind of generally like you would expect it to go, you know? Yeah, the, again, the, like it's like you said. So in trying to center this mother daughter relationship, which. For a Disney film, yeah, okay, Pixar is Pixar and it's its own entity, but it's owned by Disney and um, Merida gets kind of drawn into the, like, Disney princess. She's not officially in the Disney princess kind of pantheon, but she's, you know, obviously because of these ties, she does get compared to them. Is she in the Disney princess pantheon? She might actually be. I don't know. Um, Anyway, she, she, nevertheless, these comparisons are drawn and obviously all the Disney princesses have a dead mom and only have their dads and you know there's quite a lot of criticism levied against them because it's just like oh can a can a princess not be a princess if there's like a strong maternal figure around and the answer is usually like no because any sensible mother would not let their daughters run off and marry the first man they meet and things that uh, disney princesses are prone to do yes so I think as a deliberate answer to this, Pixar were like, okay, well, we're going to center that princess mother-daughter relationship in this film. And it's that aspect, it, like, especially the resolution of this film is done really, really well. But it's like you said, in centering that relationship, and this film does lose a bit of cohesion where the plot is concerned. Yes, it, 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 it doesn't feel entirely kind of, fully thought through it meanders a little bit it's like okay we have these key bits to to hit we have to have princess disagreeing with mom bears princess being reckless and doing something bad to mom bears turning her into a bear then we have to have mother and daughter reconcile while mom is a bear then we have to make mom not a bear again and in amongst all that, I mean, this film is a tight 90 minutes, which is nice. I yeah. love a, yeah. a, an animated film that is a tight 90 minutes. Um, but I, I guess it kind of just like there's just, uh, there's a lot of events that happen and a lot of like peripheral characters that are just kind of on screen for their own brief joke, like Mordy and the, the, the triplets and things like that. And there's just there's a lot trying to be put in this film Yeah, where it, it could have been a lot more 
sparse because it's like all of the Merida mum stuff is so focused on like a oh my mum as a bear is learning how to fish and we're relating to each other because of this and oh me and my mum when she's a bear we're still arguing or oh me and my mum when she's not a bear and we're arguing it there's so much of that like they don't resolve a lot of the problem together the, the mum just kind of is a bear for a bit like yeah, they fall in, like, Merida falls into Mordu's lair and works out the kind of link between the, um, like, the prince story that her mum was, was always telling her and, and the fact that this bear is um, secretly a prince that was shapeshifted by the same witch who seems to be turning everything into bears because all of her wood carving stuff is bears. Um, like, but Merida works that out by herself by kind of by chance they're not like right we need to find out what's going on we need to they, they opportunistically fall into Mordu's lair and they don't solve any of this together there's no point at which other than well not even then they don't solve the mum bear mend the bond thing together Merida figures all that out by herself while her mum is just kind of being a bear in the background and yes they come to a lot of satisfying like emotional resolutions together like the scene where Merida is in the kind of room where all of the men are fighting and she's like and they they agree kind of while she's giving this big speech that she's not going to have to marry and all of this and that the mum is like more on her side now because she's learned lessons while being a bear um they don't actually fix the problem of mum being a bear together at all no no they don't and, and, and it does it it makes it yeah I, I, it almost seems that they just instead of really kind of cohesively putting together a like it, okay let me re- restart it makes uh, this it almost felt like they didn't think w- that the story that they had was cinematic enough so they're like okay like we gotta add this in we gotta add this in we gotta add this in and it'll make it a bit more cinematic and a bit more rich it'll make it a bit more like fleshed out but and also it, just like it, more entertaining for the kids because bears yeah it almost feels a little hollow because it's like okay you I mean you do get some emotional resolution again yes from from their interactions and stuff like that but when she's a bear it's not really getting it's not like there's nothing that you could logically see as um her mom kind of getting as getting a better sense of empathy for merida it like there's no tangibility from that aspect yeah i agree because like the scene i was just mentioning where the mom as a bear is like no i'm gonna allow you not to um I'm going to allow you not to marry somebody. There's no reason up to now as Merida and the mom have been traipsing around as bear and princess together. There's no reason for her mom to have changed her mind other than I don't like being a bear. So maybe I should be nicer to my daughter. Like yeah, there's exactly. no, they haven't had like a Cathar- oh, moment of catharsis. I understand because I'm a bear and we're in this situation. Suddenly I understand why you don't want to get married. Whereas a lot of other Disney films manage to get that realization between characters in this film is just like, Oh, I've been a bear for a while. So now I agree with you. I mean, most other Pixar films also yeah, ca- definitely. Ca- kind of have like, fam- like, like, um, moment of take, catharsis. Yeah. Let's take Coco as that other example. Like his family don't want him to play music and he's like the rebel of his family. But then at the end they understand what music means to him yes um and it was just like there was no moment of of the mom eleanor understanding what not getting married meant to merida like there, there should have been that it was just kind of like well i've been a bear for a while so obviously now we're friends 
Yeah. And it kind of, it was a little unsatisfactory in that respect. It almost kind of seems like they put more effort into the punch-up. So uh, for anybody who's unaware of what punch-up is, is um, generally like a lot of animated films will have um, comedians kind of come in after the fact uh after like parts of it have been written or like after the script has been finalized they'll have canadians kind of come in and add like try to add a few like comedic moments that they can kind of animate and stuff like that um that don't necessarily always require um like like uh, other uh, like uh, additional vocalization or other amendments to the script it kind of feels like they like there's so many points in this film that kind of are lacking in dialogue but I kind of have that like overtly funny like look like kind of look to it so like uh, honestly the like the her three little brothers almost seem like almost a afterthought and, a, and almost a kind of additional shoehorn yeah, in definitely they're basically like a oh we need something silly and funny to be like a kind of b plot and I've got to say I actually do enjoy the brothers yeah, as the yeah. kind of slapstick comic relief like the first time we see well i don't even know if it's the first time we see i think it's very early on in the film when they're sitting at dinner and um the dad uh played by billy Connolly, if i'm not mistaken yeah, yeah. Um, i love him he's, he's so good brilliant and he's good in this role as well you can tell he's having fun um is retelling the story of mordu yet again and there's that one that is just very dramatically mouthing along with him and is acting it out and everything while the other two kind of groan and like sleep on the table and stuff because they've heard the story so many times I love that dynamic. I love the scene where they're bears and it's that kind of almost horror movie parody of them stalking her through the castle. I enjoy all of those bits, but you're right. It's like the film could have used like, yeah, it's great comic relief, but that fil- that comic relief could have been found elsewhere in the film somewhere where it made more sense. And also like, again, it's kind of this, this is this hero's journey but they actually, you know, the part where they're meant to be like finding themselves and, and, and solving the mystery and going on the quest, they are literally like a mile from their front door just being in the woods, not really finding out anything. I, I mean, if you take, uh, I mean, to be honest, if you take away the punch up and, and all the bits with, with the boys and stuff like that, it actually does kind of seem like a fairly dull film. Yeah, and that I mean, it's it, it's sad, you know. It, it's sad because it's got so much potential, but it doesn't really utilize its potential. Yeah, yeah, yeah it really does. It's like it's it's finally like you know, a lot of P- Pixar films are not centered on female characters, so that f- that is pretty massive. And also, Pixar films notoriously bad for having women in the director's chair and also in the writing writers' room. And this was a massive one for Brenda Chapman, and there was actually like a lot i think the bechdel cast covers this film as well and they have like a more detailed kind of read on this but brenda chapman wrote brave and it was like her pet project and it was her main thing and she was actually kicked off it in favor of um a male director uh and i think a lot of these changes that made the film worse than it is came in during the period of time she was not allowed to work on this film like I think if it had been her kind of original idea, it would probably have been a better film. That's fair. I mean, like on- honestly, it's like generally the uh, in a lot of instances the the writer, the, like the the writer or the originator of the concept, can do a better story 
like, can do a better way of visualizing it. And, and yeah, for sure. I mean, she also directed The Prince of Egypt, if I'm not mistaken. And that film is incredible. Yeah. So we know that she's capable of amazing things and like Brave kind of falling a little bit flat is is not necessarily a um like it's, it's it, kind of surprising from a director that could can it, do something like that you know it, what you're saying is you don't feel like that is 100 percent re- representative of her work yeah, yeah. for sure yeah, for yeah. sure but but i mean i will say again though brave has some very good aspects to it as well like we've yeah. dunked on it a little bit but before we go any further, I want to talk about the good stuff about Brave, but first, I do want to talk more specifically about bears. Do you mind if I talk more specifically about bears? Sure. Right. Bears in Brave. Whole crazy thing. So, in Brave, in the universe of Brave, there is one bear. There is one bear. It's called Mordu. It is full of weapons, so it like it's like immortal and clearly can't be killed. But nobody thinks... Maybe we should consider that this bear is n- is something more than a bear. Maybe we should consider that it's like something supernatural. Because, and I'll tell you for why, this film is meant to be set in about the kind of 10th century in Scotland. Um, bears went extinct in about the 4th or 5th century. So bears have been extinct in Britain for a while at this point. And the fact that there's only a single bear and then all of a sudden there is another bear and your daughter is telling you that this bear is her mom and you've only ever known one bear to exist and all of a sudden there's a second bear and the bear is in your castle and you're still like, oh, it's a bear. I'm going to take revenge on my leg because it's any bear. Surely you should be questioning that. You should be questioning this whole situation. If bears were very commonplace, but Mordu was just this like super bear, then I can understand like King Fergus's attitude a bit more. If Mordu is the only bear in Scotland... And it keeps coming back and wreaking havoc on your family. And all of a sudden there is a second bear. This is something you should be questioning slightly more. Yeah. It's fucking wild. (laughs) Like, the whole situation is fucking wild. And also, like, this is another thing about the whole, like, resolving things. Like, the mystery, to me, was never really solved. There was no, like... So, Merida's mum bear, Eleanor... They had to resolve their differences, physically fix this tapestry that Merida um, cut while they were fighting as like a symbol of their resolution. And they also had to accept each other for what they were and, and rebuild their emotional bond as well. That was how they learned their lesson and became not bears anymore. Well, mum became not a bear. What was Mordu's resolution? How was he meant to not be a bear anymore? Because the answer to that story was, we'll drop a massive fucking rock on him and then his ghost will come out and be at peace. Was that the only way to save him from being a bear? Um, I, I think... What was he meant to do? I, I think what uh, he was kind of punished for, uh, like, because he, he, he wanted he wanted to be... He, he wanted to have more strength than his brothers and stuff like that. And it was, like, he he didn't... He didn't. He, I guess, he effectively didn't do what was necessary to turn himself back. Uh, yeah, that's my it, question. It, it, what would have been but, necessary? But he, he only had two days to do it. But like, yeah, because the, the, there's no, co- there's no further context. They didn't really flesh that 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 bit of the story out. If that was going to be like a major thing, because at the big, this is another like criticism of the film, and I'm I'm very sorry about this. We get so much like unwarranted exposition at the start of the film it's like oh to teach my daughter a lesson about the fact that she's just come away from the dining table in a huff and doesn't want to get married i'm going to tell this legend which is strangely enough very pertinent to my story and like 
there's a lot of random shit in the beginning that's just like someone will just explain something that does not need explaining at this time but it's just like oh this film requires a lot of exposition and so we're just gonna fucking dump it in random places like i don't know again this is another thing like scottish mythology is so rich and wonderful and i don't think i don't know how heavily bears figure into scottish mythology i don't think it's a lot uh so the fact that they were like oh let's do a really cool scottish thing and then instead of drawing from like scottish legends they've just made this thing about bears i mean do correct me if i'm wrong but that's fucking wild and (laughs) so they've got they've got this like legend and they do all this stuff and then it's just like surely like a cooler mystery to have princess and her bear mum sidekick fix would be to be like oh maybe we should go and like try and solve this whole thing of the prince and and like Mordu and put his family to rights and put his like situation to rights but instead he's just like a kind of shadowy antagonist that is just in the film to attack people and then die they could have had her as a talking bear they could have had the mom as a talking bear or they could have had her as a similarly immortal hench ass bear that Mordu is because as soon as the mom gets like hit by arrows and stuff she's like ah no bad but Mordu bear is like oh full of spears and it's not even like phased by that ah anyway yeah i mean things about brave let's talk about the good things about brave i really love the character design yeah 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 I mean, they developed a whole new software to, that has been used in a lot of projects subsequently. Wasn't it mainly for her hair? For Merida's hair. Yeah. Yeah, literally, Merida's hair has its own software, which is fucking wild. Another thing I actually quite liked was the, the dynamic between Fergus and um, the other three clans clans le- leaders and stuff like that. That, that again, massive just comic relief and kind of a additional, like, s- like... It had marginal like gains in the plot, but it, I thought that the, like the dynamic between all three of them was quite funny. Yeah, gotcha. Especially when it's like um, Merida like reminds them, "You guys actually really love each other. Like you've been through it together. You've saved each other's lives. I really like that." Um, I, yeah, I really like that. I guess it would have been much cooler. Like the, the <sighs> I like the mythological angle. I do like the kind of supernatural angle, and I. It does have a place in this film, especially since, you know, they're drawing on a lot of this. Scotland is a place of kind of mystery and magic, and it's something that I really enjoy. I do think they dunk on Scotland a bit hard, but as a as an English person, I find that quite funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, so it's, it's that weird place where they've kind of like, yeah, we're doing this film because we respect Scotland so much, but also they really do dunk on it hard. Um, I like like the unintelligible son. The only so thing he funny. says in, even remotely was good. <laughs> yeah. It, oh my god. The the, the son of um, which clan is that? I can't even remember. Uh, it's just so funny. Um, all those characters are great. I do think that's the more interesting like part of this though. They could have figured out a way of making this like political intrigue into something that the women were involved in it does that dichotomy does annoy me it's like the only female characters are Mordy, who is just a fucking joke uh merida and eleanor and they are involved in their own little oh we sort this out separately whereas all the boys or just a room full of men get to just like argue and throw stuff at each other to sort out their problems and the, but the only person who actually does it generally uh resolve things is Eleanor and uh, Eleanor and um and Merida, 
Yeah. Like, like, and I mean, they, they have tremendous respect for Eleanor. Like, clear. That's that's clear. Yeah, I know, but it's it's that annoying trope of like, behind every great man is a woman rolling her eyes. Right? It's like, no, she. But like, why is she always situated behind that man? He's a clearly a like, just a fucking joke. Uh, and the only reason he has any authority is because he's a large man. He doesn't actually do any of the thinking and work and political kind of finessing that the that the women have to do and it's just yeah it's frustrating like the other clan leaders could have had wives there could have been something there like i i don't know that's it's like a frustrating film that's like oh we are centering women in this film and this mother-daughter relationship which is missing from the disneyverse we are centering that in this film and i love it i i commend that really really like deeply but to then not have any other women in the film with the exception of Mordy, whose mo- like main joke is about her breasts is kind of insulting. Yeah, yeah. Just a little bit. We did say we we're going to stop talking about the film. Yes. Anyway, Merida's hair animation is beautiful. The scenery animation is beautiful. The I cinematography also love the is soundtrack. really good. The soundtrack is great. Um, but the cinematography for this was absolutely wonderful. Like yeah. the, the, the fact that they utilize camera movement so well and so like um, for an animated feature, especially for an animated. Fe- I mean, like I will say, Pixar's always been really good about using the camera movement and just making it look very cinematic. But yeah, and, like and emulating what they would do yeah. if they were really film filming yeah. on that set kind of thing. And yeah, exactly. Like you can tell a lot of kind of research uh, has gone into the landscape and the, like recreating those landscapes and what yeah this kind of the bits that are like at sunrise and sunset are beautiful and i love I'm, i mean i'm an archaeologist i love that standing stones were featured in this film yeah, excellent exactly. use of standing stones um except you can't crack them and drop them on a bear like that that would be fucking impossible just saying yeah I'll, um I, there, I i hate to say it like this but I mean, this is a really hard film to kind of find some really good positives. Yeah, and um, again, like, I mean, the, the cast is phenomenal. Uh, you've got Callie McDonald as Merida, Dame Emma Thompson yeah. as Eleanor, um, you know, the, um, uh, Billy Connolly as Fergus. Um, and I think the, uh, the other clan leaders are fairly well-known as well, fairly yeah. well-known voice actors and, and other actors and things. And like I said, it's very funny. Like rewatching yeah. it, there was so much I appreciated about this film. Like the the little jokes, like I love the bit where the, the kind of really vain um, prince is just like, yeah, I mean, it was your idea for me to marry her. I didn't pick her out. Yeah. It's like, I found that really funny. And the guy who like, I can't like he's speaking in such a heavy Scottish accent you can't understand him is brilliantly funny the triplets are really funny the the the, the, the kind of gormless we dingwall when he when his dad goes we dingwall <laughs> and he just goes into like berserker mode even though he's this <laughs> and then just bitey weirdo yeah uh, I really I I like really love that about it but what I guess. I think getting to the heart of what I find kind of disappointing about this film is that all of the stuff that's great about it, with the exception of like the mother-daughter relationship, which is the center part of it, everything else that is good about this film is not relevant to the plot. Oh, absolutely. That's I get. I think that's the heart of why it's kind of a weird one to talk about and a weird one for me to like feel about. Because I'm like, I really like this movie, so why am I not feeling like fulfilled and satisfied by it? And I think that kind of nails it. Is that everything that's good about this film is not plot related. I mean, I mean, in terms of like 
of overall Pixar films, I would. I, this is definitely not not the worst or the like like. I mean, there's no bad Pixar films, but I mean, like this is definitely in my bottom five. I would say, you know. Yeah, it's not. Oh my God, Lord Dingwall is Robbie Coltrane. Oh, that's... He's Hagrid, incredible. Uh, got yeah. you. Kevin McKidd is Lord McGuffin and Craig Ferguson. Craig Ferguson, because I was like... Is I, Lord McIntosh. Yeah, yeah. Very like, you know, God, excellent actors, yeah. you know, all got like... So yeah, the casting was really good and the kind of like one-liners and the like relationships there were really good. And I, I love the I love the imagery. Like I said, the, the kind of the tie together of, of that soundtrack and those like landscapes is is beautiful. Really, yeah, really great. Yeah. Um, I said earlier that I kind of don't like Merida as a character, and I feel like I need to elaborate on that ever so slightly. A lot of the things, like I mean, yeah, she doesn't want to get married, but on seemingly the first conversation about it, instead of going just to her mom, well, I don't want to do that. She loses her mind, storms away from dinner and starts cutting her bed with a sword. Come on. This yeah. is the first conversation you've had about this. If you like kept getting a persistent, no merit, you're wrong. I can understand that kind of reaction. But for the first time you are asked about it, or you're told about it to just go and like attack your bed with a sword is it's it's just, it's, like, it's just overtly pe- petulant. It's very petulant, and yeah. I think that kind of wound me up a bit. I was like, "Girl, you yeah. don't know how lucky you have it." I <laughs> I don't really think we have too much more to say on this. Um, yeah, we g- do keep going back to the negatives, yeah. but this g- thing I do want to stress: I really like this film. I I, I do too. I, and again, I I will say like it's not a bad film. It's just it's just the weak one of the weakest of of Pixar's. I mean, in terms of Pixar's like oeuvre, it's disappointing. Yeah, I mean. I mean the the worst one I've seen thus far has been the Good Dinosaur. I still haven't seen the Good Dinosaur. Yeah, I kind of want to see it because I like dinosaurs, but I haven't heard good things about it. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> but regardless, um, given all this, how would you rate the film? I would give it a six because to me it's above average because I definitely get a lot out of it. I enjoy it. I like seeing like the scene where. Um, Merida's teaching her mom who's a bear how to catch fish and then Merida falls down and her mom like laughs and then Merida kind of looks up and this like it's an amazing kind of combination of the art and the character and everything around it you see this like animated character's face just like change in this realization of oh me and my mom do have some common ground maybe I can like make this work and like kind of the realization that the resentment she's feeling is surface level and what is deep is love and seeing that on an animated character's face is phenomenal you know yeah and experiencing a story that has like i mean at the end where she's like crying and like begging her mom to come back and everything while her mom is being a bear i nearly cried i teared up a little bit because it's very moving and then like there are bits that again make me laugh out loud but just as a cohesive like plot there is so much rich lore in Scotland that they could have drawn on but didn't. And there is so much more to like a kind of quest narrative that they could have drawn on but didn't that makes this just, in terms of a film, a little bit lacking for me. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a six. I'd go probably about a 4.5. Ooh, harsh criticism today. Yeah, it's... This is a film that I... Te- like, I guess it's... Ev- all the other Pixar films... I would generally re- revisit, but this one, 
Inside Out and... Um, I like Inside Out. Ryan does not speak to the podcast when he criticizes Inside yeah. Out. This one, Inside Out and The Good Dinosaur are ones I don't feel myself ever drawn to watch again. And ones that I actually kind of kind of feel like I can identify with on any really level, I guess. What was weird was that before this, I was just like, I had no desire to watch Brave, even though, you know, I've got it on our DVD shelf. I had no desire to watch it, but then we watched it and I was actually like, I am realizing a lot more things that I don't like about this film on this watching, but I also realized a lot more things that I do, do like, like about yeah. it. And I think there will be days um, that I probably, that I actually like would be drawn to kind of put this one on again. Yeah. yeah more I, so than before we rewatched it for the podcast, I would I say. Mean, I, I think my level of ambivalence has kind of just still remained the same, but um. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't really think we have too much more to say. Um, what will we be watching the week after? Ne- uh, what will be on the next episode? In two weeks' time, we're going to be talking about The Breakfast Club. Which is uh, quite a, uh, one of my kind of favorite 80s films. It is a classic, and I love it, and I have so many reasons to love it. But I do think we have to address the fact that it is a problematic fave. And we'll get into yeah. that in two weeks. Yep. Thanks for good listening. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Tito Deal by Craig MacArthur. The photo used for our cover is by Rodolfo Clicks. Audio editings by Ryan DeRoges, and this podcast was produced by Laura and Ryan DeRoges. Find us on Twitter at All's Fair Podcast, on Instagram at All's Fair and Love and Film, or email us at All's Fair and Love and Film at gmail.com.